0: Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott. I'm here with my co-host, Coach Dean Manchie over in Kimberly, Fox Valley Throws Club, and everything else he's got going on over there. Coach, how are we doing?
1: Awesome. Hey, really excited. We got hoop season starting and wrestling, and we got our first basketball guest on, and everybody is going to know this guy in the state of Wisconsin and his family, that's for sure. So Super excited.
0: Well, you know, with uh, the high school football season coming to an end, um, it's a great time. Athletes, obviously, to start reevaluating some of your training. If if you're not in a winter sport, make sure you're getting in the weight room three to four times a week. If you are in a winter sport, if you're playing basketball, wrestling, hockey, whatever, make sure you continue the training that you you, you did getting up to this point, okay? We want to make sure that we're being consistent. We talk about it all the time on the podcast. Um, so make sure that you're consistent with that. Also, want to... Th- Big shout out to all of our listeners, coaches, athletes, parents, families. Um, again, share the show with your friends. Um, we got a great guest coming up here in a couple of minutes. Uh, share the show. Uh, hopefully there's a lot of great information uh, on a day or on a weekly basis that we share with everybody and just really trying to help the coaches and athletes in our state. So with that, I'm extremely excited today to bring on our guest, um, Travis Diener. Uh, Travis is a former Marquette Basketball player, uh, also played in the NBA for a, for a stint. And now he's currently running his own or uh, involved in running a facility in Mequon. So Travis, are you over there, brother? How are you guys doing? Glad to be on. Well, we're really excited to have you on. So Travis, if you would just kind of tell our listeners about yourself, your, your career and all the accomplishments you've had. Travis comes from one of the first families of Wisconsin basketball, and I'm sure most people are going to know his last name. And so Travis, Floor is yours, brother. Let her rip.
2: Yeah, I mean, without getting into accomplishments, I, I grew up in Fond du Lac. Uh, you know, to a, to two parents that were very supportive, but very, uh, you know, uh, they pushed us to to work hard and to you know always put forth uh, an effort uh, that would resemble you know, something that you'd want to succeed in, in whatever you do. So uh, I had two younger sisters um, grew up. I played high school basketball for my uncle Dick, uh, who was a, you know, kind of taught me the finer workings of uh, how to be a fundamentally sound basketball player, which I've always appreciated. And that's his, you know, kind of springboarded me to a career uh, first at Marquette uh, for four years where we had a lot of team success, which, you know, was, culminated by the fact that we made it to the Final Four in 2003, Uh, spent a number of years in the NBA, and then finished my career overseas playing professionally in Italy for seven years. Uh, So um, basketball has been a tool that has always been in my life. I've been very, very, very fortunate to be around people, uh, coaches, teammates that have pushed me, um, family that have supported me. And uh, without all those things, it had been impossible for me to the type of career that i did so very very fortunate to be um in the position i am today and basketball has had uh, a lot to do with that
1: travis say a quick shout out to uh, jeff simon jeff simon is a guy that coached at kimberley high school He's an assistant basketball coach and now he's at lawrence university and then also our Long-time uh, coach here that we've had at Kimberly for probably the last, you know, 10 years is Lucky Wertz, and they both have huge Fond du Lac ties. And when I talk, and they mentioned Travis Diener, hey, you got to get Travis Diener on the podcast. Mental toughness came up right away. And I know Lucky was in situations where he was probably in his 30s and you were 12 years old and playing, you know, open gyms and, and all that. So he saw how competitive you were at a very young age. And then, um, Jeff Simon, both of them always listen to the podcast and he just said hey, the reputation with Travis is he is going to compete and he is so mentally tough. So where did that come from?
2: You know, I, it, it came from, I think, you know, a lot of that is, you know, you grow up and you're playing against, you know, for me, I was playing against older cousins and uncles, like you're talking about these open gyms. So, uh, naturally. You know, not only was I years younger than most of the guys I was competing against, but I was always very, very small um, uh, growing up. And, you know, in, in today's day of the NBA, I'm very small uh, relative to NBA players, but I'm, you know, I'm six foot. But, you know, being three, four years behind cousins that played high school basketball, uncles that um, were ex- extremely demanding. I mean, these open gyms were were high level com- competitiveness and intensity. and You know, if you didn't, especially for me and my cousin, Drake, we're two youngest guys playing. If you didn't play as hard and as smart as possible, uh, you were going to be the blame of why you lost, even though you might not touch the ball one time in, in five games because, you know, we were eight to 15 years old. So we were obviously the worst players on the floor at that time. So it started there. You know, my dad was very, um, First off, very, very supportive, never missed a game, um, but was highly in, intense. Like, you know, my dad is, uh, he doesn't mess around. And, you know, if you're going to do something, you're going to do something the right way. And you're going to do some hard. He's, he's old school in that, in that matter. And, you know, for me, if to have the success that I had, if I wasn't mentally tough, uh, I would have never made it, you know, and, and, you know, I've, I feel like I'm a pretty good athlete, but, you know, when you're playing against guys, uh, you know, obviously in the NBA, which I think is, you know, some of the best athletes in the world, you know, you're not going to get away with some of the things you can if, if, you know, you're playing against guys in a rec league at the YMCA. So uh, to always never, to always have supreme confidence in yourself is something I've always had uh, bordering on the line of, of arrogance. You know, you want to always feel like you're the best player on the floor, even if you're not, uh, especially at my size and stature. And that's something I always firmly believed in that comes from, you know, your confidence comes from your hard work and, and practice and, and doing things when nobody's around. And I always felt like my, my work ethic, um, gave me that confidence to be the best player on the floor, even if it, you know, even if it wasn't true. Do you think that that playing
0: up against older, older competition? I mean, we talked about, we've talked about this on the last couple of podcasts, interestingly enough, do you think that that was a huge factor in building mental toughness and
2: even physical toughness, right? Yeah, I mean, both. I mean, for sure, physical toughness, just because you are the weakest guy out there physically, for sure. I mean, a lot of the games I've ever played, I was probably physically the uh, the weakest guy. Now, I, I think I played a lot stronger than I looked. And and I think that comes from mental toughness as well as, you know, you're not going to get exposed out here. You're not, you're going to be uh, tougher than maybe people think you are. Um, and I always took uh, satisfaction and in, in, in when people would say, you know, look at this, you know, little tough white kid uh, out there playing. That was, that was kind of a badge of honor because I am playing against guys that are uh, you know, bigger, stronger, faster. So, you know, I think that always helped from a young age is playing against my, my older cousins, my uncles is because um, you were beat down. Uh, and, you know, it, it could have gone two ways. Obviously it could have gone the way it did for me or, you know, I've seen it in other kids where it it is really hard. And, but for me, it was, it was what I needed. Uh, I needed that challenge. I needed to be pushed. And in those, in those workouts, in those games, uh, you, you found out a lot about yourself. So, you know, you mentioned your height at
0: six foot Dean, Dean, you know, put together, put together our list of questions here. He's got you at six one. So, He's still in the high school realm where he's trying to give guys inches here, you know, like they do in the high school program. But um, the old school high
1: tops, Brian. The old
0: school <laughs> high tops always gave you an extra inch. Um, you know, outside of height, which is the obvious answer, right? In the NBA, you know what? What were some of the other things you had to, you know, overcome to to play at the highest level? I mean, you have played at the highest level and overseas, and you know, at the Final Four. You know, what are some of the things that that you had to overcome?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, height was one. Um, I think naturally <clears throat> in the grand scheme of things, people would say I wasn't a NBA level type athlete, which I think there's different different ways to determine how athletic somebody is. I think, um, you know, I obviously had never had a, a great jumping ability. I wasn't a great leaper, but I thought it was, you know, I think, you know, I was fairly quick twitched. I had great hand-eye coordination. So I think some of the things maybe you can't see in, in test uh, is, is relevant as well. But obviously, I wasn't going to be able to bench the most reps. I wasn't going to be able to use my physical strength to overpower guys at that level. Um, so those are probably the two main things is the game and those athletes are so fast and strong Uh, That's something that was always extremely challenging for me. But, and and as you move on through levels, you know, high school is so much different than high division one basketball. There's a major leap in in athleticism. And then obviously when you go from uh, college to the NBA, it's a huge step. Uh, What I did find is when I went from the NBA to Europe, it's a totally different, uh, a totally different basketball game, as far as athleticism and skill level and fundamentals and, uh, the way teams play, so that was uh, very interesting, but I, I think I knew going in what to expect.
1: You know Travis, you what you know level did you really enjoy the most? I know NBA is kind of that world stage at top end thing, but then you went to the overseas and you know we know it's just developing as a as a father you know and as a husband and just as a human being in general. What were some of the things that you learned? you know, throughout your career playing in the NBA and overseas and, you know, what were some of the similarities and differences between the NBA and playing overseas?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you grow up and you know, my, my high school experience was great. Uh, You know, when I was a little kid, my only goal was to play for my uncle in high school because, you know, that's, that's what I followed. That's what we did. That was, that was like the NBA for me because it's finally like had such great teams and you know, like, you know, you know, Jeff Simon, you know, Jeff was a part of those teams that I would go when I was a little, I was the water boy and we'd watch those games. And uh, that's what I aspired to be is, you know, I want to be a starting point guard for my uncle. And then as you move on, you get better and better and you get noticed. And, you know, I had a, you know, a, a great experience in college uh, at Marquette, played with some wonderful teammates, some highly talented teammates, um, a coach that pushed me and didn't, didn't expect anything less than my maximum effort and a major reason why I had the opportunity to get drafted and play in the NBA. And then, you know, the, the, to play in the NBA was, uh, was the ultimate dream and the experience was different than maybe what, uh, I expected, you know, it's, it's a whole different basketball game than, than overseas. And, you know, it's, it's based on a lot of isolations and, and getting the mismatch, um, you know, and it's based around star players, you know, you're going to have stars and they're going to get the ball. And uh, it's kind of, they're going to be the show and, and it's good. It's fun to watch when these. I mean, these guys are incredibly talented, but when you go overseas, it's more, you know, you're going to have five guys averaging between nine and 14 points and the ball moves and the, you know, it's pass, move, cut, shoot. Uh, and I think we're getting back to that a little bit. You know, NBA is uh, skill level is high again. I mean, extremely high, the way these guys can shoot, shoot off the dribble, uh, the way like Golden State plays is a incredibly fun style to watch. You know, there's unselfishness. Um, the, the way the Phoenix Suns play, it's, so I think we're getting back to like spacing and uh, ball movement and shooting and skill level. And and that's what I I well personally that's the way I was I was raised to play. That's my best attribute is playing that way. So the NBA kind of didn't fit how I would like to play because I wasn't a very good isolation basketball player.
0: So when you start looking at basketball today, you know, versus when you played or even now that you're 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 coaching athletes and doing some different things, what are some of the changes you see or some of the things maybe as a coach that you you feel like you have to develop in young young players to you know, maximize their potential based on the way that the game is played, right? Because all, you know, all professional sports kind of dictate down into the different levels, right? You start seeing things in, in pro football, for example, and then you see in the college game with like the RPOs and all of a sudden now it's going in the high school levels, And now you got to have more athletic quarterbacks, things like that. Basketball seems like it kind of follows that trend, right? Where it's like, you know, for you know for a while it was like the bulls, they, you know, had a little bit more of a, you know they were in the triangle and, and but they still had a star player, right? And then it kind of went for a while where it was like all-star players. And now, like you said, You know, teams like Golden State are still playing a a team style of basketball with really talented, obviously, shooters. But I mean, what are some of the changes that you see and and how does that impact you as a coach as to how you work with athletes?
2: Yeah, I mean, the game's always evolving and, and changing. And, you know, when I was in high school, we ran a basic screener blocker uh, mover concept where I, I hardly ever played in pick and rolls. And then I got to college and in the NBA and it was, everything was pick and rolls and, and finding a mismatch or creating a mismatcher, you know, back when, like, like you said, the bulls with Jordan, it was okay. We're going to do the triangle. We're going to throw it down to, you know, it was inside out. Now everything starts from the outside. And the way that the way, uh, you know, and I think Steph Curry is totally revolutionized the game of basketball with his ability to shoot now you can see that at every level the way that these and some kids shouldn't be shooting to be honest but the way these kids shoot with range and their skill levels and the way they can manipulate the defense with their eyes and with their ball handling is is incredible actually um the skill level is so much higher now than it's ever been but now how do you get to how do how can you really teach these guys how to play within a system of passing and moving and creating space and creating long closeouts because that's what it's all about like you know you try to teach kids not to really watch certain guys in the NBA because that's not the reality of how they're going to be coached or played in at their level so um you know you got to teach them how to how to play you know within a system and obviously within that system you're going to have some freedoms but you know you're not going to be able to take 25 dribbles into possession and shoot the ball that's that's not how coaches are going to let you go you're not you're not James Harden you're not Steph Curry you're not you're not there yet and for for me as a as a as a guy that's been through it I try to teach those guys like look we're going to work on the basic fundamentals These are the the one or two or three things that you need. And if you do these things, no matter where you're at, you're going to play because the coach is going to see the value in that. Well, and I just add like the, the, the athleticism
0: of some of these bigger guys, you know, I mean, like, like for you, like when you played and, and, you know, when, when we were all watching, I mean, a guy like, you know, Akeem Olajuwon seemed like the most athletic big man that you'll ever see. Now you got guys, his size, like Kevin Durant, you know, shooting from 30 feet and in, you know, and, and bringing the ball up and, you know, even a guy like a Giannis that does so much in in space. And I mean, that it's just incredible. Like what some of these, like, it it really is incredible what guys their size can do
2: with the basketball. Yeah. I mean, it's the way, the way that people and athletes have evolved uh, in the last 50 years is absolutely, I mean, the things that, you know, you want to say you'll never see a guy like Giannis again. Well, I mean, we probably will, but I mean, what he's doing now is incredible. With I mean, he's six foot 11, he's a physical specimen, he can dribble, he can run. Uh, like you said, Durant is seven feet, the way he can shoot the ball. Uh, we've never seen these types of players. I mean, LeBron is, I mean, obviously, LeBron's one of the greatest athletes in the world with his strength, speed, uh, size. Um, so it's like you never would have thought you know, probably 30 years ago, we'd ever see this, this type of athleticism, but it just keeps going. You just, every, every year you see somebody else that just blows your mind away with his athleticism. I mean, a couple of years, I mean, Zion Williamson is a freak and I think you're just going to see that, but, you know, and, and things have changed, obviously in the strength training world is there is a huge point of emphasis on that. Now, when I was growing up, it was kind of, he kind of did it, but now it's like, no, we're doing this. Like, five six times a week and these are the areas you need to do you need to get better at here's some explosive movements that you're going to use on the basketball court and, and I'll give guys credit now and it's kind of taken away from the team aspect but everyone has their own individual stuff that they're doing and you have an individual coach for those things like this athlete's going to see this strength performance guy this guy is going to see this basketball skills guy like for me I just went to the YMCA and got dropped off. There was no basketball trainer. There was no strength performance trainer. And guys are taking advantage of that now. And you're seeing them at an individual level be really, really good.
1: Travis, it's funny. You got dropped off. I took my bike to the YMCA. (laughs) But, you know, it seemed to be, you know, our era there is you just played and it was pickup games. And we were just talking about that last podcast is, you know, we're we're playing with 40-year-olds. And, you know, you had a half day of school or maybe you had no school that day and you were, you were playing with adults, you were playing with college kids, you were getting thrown to the ground. And, you know, to us, that was fun. And you came out with a black eye or, you know, a sprained finger. That was kind of a badge of honor. And uh, now you got four kids of your own. You know, you talked about how competitive your family was and you're playing against your older cousins and and uncles and things like that. What's going to be your approach now? Because you just talked about everybody's got their own, you know, shooting, you know, coach. They got their own trainer, all this kind of stuff. So, where do you see this going from your standpoint now, as a father with four kids?
2: Yeah, you, you, there's got to, there still has to be a balance. Like in today's in today's age, like there's not enough of the pickup in the competitiveness. Like. Yeah, it's one thing to go out in a one-on-one setting and look really good. I've seen it a million times. And but what happens when you're thrown in and you're getting you're getting guarded and you're getting bumped and you're feeling contact? And how do you play with how do you play with four other guys? Like there's so much more than being able to put a good highlight tape together with your skills training. It's, so there's got to be a balance. It's great that they're in the gym and they're getting better. I get that. But there's also got to be like some three on three, four on four, five on five where you're actually getting in game repetitions and you're feeling people like basketball is all about angles and pace and feeling people. And if you don't get that, you'll never understand how to play. And that's, that's getting kind of lost right now because these guys are really good individually, but can they, can they win? Can you be a winner? Can you win with this guy? And that's how I try to judge um, the people that I train, how the people that I see on TV, and that's all ultimately try to convey to my kids is, Yeah, you can work on it. You should be outside working on your game by yourself. You should be doing that. But like, can you play with four other people? Can you be a good teammate? And that's what I always stress. I think it's it's that's the most important thing. Basketball is a team game. It's about chemistry. It's about togetherness. You need to work on your individual uh, components of your game, of course. But do people want to play with you? Do you make people better? And I think it that. Part of it will never change in in the next 200 years.
0: That's such a great message, right? Because I think a lot of kids get you know misconstrued when they watch the NBA. Right? They think it's all individual things like that. Well, I think at the end of the day, they're still doing what they need to do to win the basketball game. You know what I mean? And 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 if if that means that you have to get Kevin Durant the ball the last 12 times because he's your best option to score, that's what you do. That's just the system that they're in. Or or, or LeBron or even like Jordan back when, when we, you know, that that was the best way to win the game. So it's not that, you know, that it's just, you know, it kind of is one-on-one ball, but it's still, that gives us our best option So we're going to do what we need to do. And I think kids miss that point, right? They just see, oh, he's just playing one-on-one or Steph shooting from 35. So I got to work on that. Um, so if I'm a high school kid listening right now, Travis and I want to, we call, you know, it's a Get Your Edge podcast. So it's a, you know, we always have our guests give a Get Your Edge Um, you know, tip to our listeners to give them a competitive advantage. If you were a high school kid back, you know, back, back when you were, you know, what's something you would tell yourself right now that say, Hey, you know, if you do this, this is going to give you a competitive advantage over all the other high school kids out there. What's something you'd tell our listeners that they should be doing right now to give themselves an advantage?
2: Well, I, I I like, I think it's more from a mindset and I think, you, you know, what, what I truly have appreciated over my career is, is um, not at the time, but when you go through uh, periods of adversity and it's going to happen, it, it happened, you know, when I was five, it happened when I was 15, it happened. Uh, it, I mean, every year during your career, you're going to have periods of adverse times and it's how, how can you react to those? Uh, do, do you, do you pout? Are you the victim? Do you blame Do you complain because that's ultimately, that's not going to be anything like, you know, for me, it was, and, and I can't say I handled it great all the time. And, and, but how can you get out of that, that victim mode the quickest and put your efforts towards, um, making, maybe making someone else feel better at that time when you're not feeling good, because, you know, you can get great joy in, in making somebody feel better and that'll make you play better um you're going to have bad games you're going to have bad practices um you're going to want to blame other people for that uh, it's natural but you know the the periods of adversity that i faced in my career and when i came out of that there was so much more satisfaction in what i had just went through and and i found out so much more about myself like it it was awful i was in there but i worked my way through it uh there was always the sun was always going to shine at the end and if it didn't um, it wasn't a, it wasn't because I didn't try hard or I wasn't a good teammate. It was maybe, uh, at that period, I just wasn't good enough and it's going to happen. But how do I, how do I overcome that? How do I look that in the face and just say, look, look I, when I wake up in the morning and I look myself in the mirror, okay, last night I wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough. Like, what can I do to be better instead of, well, the coach, the coach hates me. The coach sucks. Uh, I didn't get enough shots. Um, I didn't score enough points. Um, and I think, I think that's where, um, kids need to look at first. Like, how can you impact winning? It doesn't necessarily mean you have to score. Um, people only remember guys that win. Um, you know, you can go over, you know, I, I, well, I do it at least, I mean, maybe I'm, Heard I'm not right, but you gotcha. know, it doesn't matter if you pass for 400 yards and your team goes two and seven. All right. Pass for 150 and go eight and one. Or if, you know, if I score seven points in this game and we win, how do I act if I score 25 and we lose? And you see that all the time, like kids can be wired to win. And if they're not, then ultimately, I think their careers are going to be very short. And I think there's correlation between sports and life. So like, you know, if you're not, if if you're just worried about yourself, I think ultimately in life, whatever you do, you're going to fall short of what you really want to try to accomplish.
1: Hey, after your playing days, Travis, then uh, you went back to Marquette and helped out on the coaching staff. So we have a lot of high school basketball listeners that are going to be out there listening to this podcast. And when you see high school basketball players today, when you watch a high school game, what are things you're looking for that catch your eyes, both positive and negative? And I know you Touched on a few of those already, but um, maybe it's from a coaching standpoint when you're recruiting athletes to go to Marquette. What, what were some of those things that you guys were really looking for, as far as having those athletes come to Marquette?
2: Exactly what I exactly what I just touched on. Look, like when we're evaluating when any college coach is evaluating someone and they go and watch them, they know by they know before even walking in the gym that they're talented enough or not. Like they're not just wasting their time. So if I'm going to see a, a player play, I know he's probably good enough talent wise. Otherwise it won't be wasting my time. So as they touched on, like in a game, I'm watching his body language. I'm watching. And, I, and I'm actually hoping he plays kind of poorly because then I can see who he really is. Like, I know he's good enough to score 20 or 25 or get 10 rebounds past whatever. But, what if he starts out 0 for five in the first half and, and what's his body language? Like what happens when he's taken out of the game? How does he interact with his teammates? Is he on the bench cheering? Is he high-fiving? Is he trying to lead? Um, because like I said, you're going to have games where you start 0 for 12, you're going to pout and quit or are you going to, are you going to make a game winning play at the end? And that's all that anyone would remember. Anyways, I've played a million games and, and, you know, I was, I'm, um, it was fine. It's it got better as I got more mature, and I'm I'm, I'm speaking from experience. Like I w- I would go games where I wouldn't score a point until the end, and I mean, perfect example. I hit a shot worth a million dollars. I didn't score a point up until then, and all, people only remember that shot. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I get talked about that shot for. That's what most people come and talk to me about now, and I'm like, well, I I didn't. I was old for two up to that point. I wasn't doing anything, so um, I hit a wide open shot. But that's all people remember. Can you can you get out of your own way to make a play that helps your team win? And that's, what I, that's kind of what college – I mean, that's what the good college coaches are doing. That's what good high school coaches are doing, is they're looking at how these guys – how these kids react to when things aren't going their way. And the faster you can grow up and mature, the better off you're going to be. And I'm not saying, like, you're not going to have periods of – of those times where you're not feeling good and you want to play it, you want to pout a little bit, it's going to happen, but how can you quickly get remove that from your mind and, and just think about somebody else and try to get somebody else going? Cause naturally that'll make you feel better.
0: Well, I get to share my, my state semifinal story with this Dean cause it fits right in. Um, when we, when, when back way back when, when I played Travis, we are in the state semis and, you know, as you know, that all the state games are on TV and, you know, we were playing Monona Grove and um, I promptly went 0 for 9 in the game uh, shooting and, and couldn't hit a shot to save my, that. Um, but the, the fourth quarter I had eight assists. Um, they tried to press us and, and whatnot. And it was one of those things where I was like, and I think with, with young athletes determining what your end goal is, drives you when you're playing, right? If your end goal is to win a championship or to be a conference champion or whatever, it, it's not gonna make, and, and you really buy into that. And that's something that we really bought into, which was kind of unique, you know? It, it, it was one of those, I didn't care how many shots I missed. I just wanted us to have one more point on the scoreboard so we could play the next night, you know? And I think, you know, it was one of those things that, you know, kids just learn that, like the, the, the scoreboard is, you know, when you're playing in high school, They keep score for a reason. Like you said, they're going to remember you, you know, if your team is very successful, no matter how many points you score, you know what I mean? Because you're going to be a part of that team. Um, So that's a great, that's a great message for all athletes. It's a great message for coaches too. Dean, go
1: ahead. Yeah. It just reminds me, you know, a lot of times, well, football recruits that come in and I just remember, you know, coach Chris coming and watching one of our athletes play a basketball game. And I remember that athlete that day in school was saying, hey coach, you know, just football is my, my main sport. I'm playing basketball. You know, I'm a little nervous coach. Chris is going to come and watch me play. And I just remember, Hey, control the controllables is said, obviously just the same thing Travis said. And I think it's an awesome point is they're obviously looking at you for a reason, but you just play as hard as you can be the best teammate you can be. And they're not expecting you to score 30 points here. And, you know, right. it just ease that individuals, you know, that anxiety, that stress, of oh boy, you know, somebody's coming. They're taking time out of their day to watch me play a basketball game. But basketball might be my third sport that I play. And it's just a great point, Travis.
0: So Travis, before before we hop off here, um, you got your facility in McQuon. We want you to give you a little plug for that. Um, we're We're not sure what what the uh, the naming rights are are yet on that or what it's going to be called, but we're going to let you talk about that a little bit. Um, I know one of my athletes that I worked with for years, Stella Moscow, who's now a, a graduate assistant at Wisconsin's women's basketball, used to drive, um, you know, so Mequon's about an hour and a half, two hours away from Madison. So that speaks volumes already as the type of instructor you are and, and what your group does. But tell us a little bit about your facility and if you could give, you know, whether it's Instagram handles, email, uh, feel free, the floor is yours. We'd love to have you share all that information with our listeners.
2: Yeah. Um, well, thanks. Yeah. M- a business partner and myself, uh, Steve Becker, who actually owns uh, Athlete Performance, which is strength performance. Uh, he's trained uh, numerous uh, professional athletes, but uh, we built this facility and it, it, we opened up in April. Um, it's a 36,000 square foot uh, facility, it has three basketball courts. So he uh, has a strength, strength performance area. Uh, Aurora Sports Health is, is, is in there um four thousand square feet of indoor soccer turf so you know the the goal is to for parents is you know they can have this one-stop shop for their kids so you know i drop off my daughter she needs you know at some point she'll need physical therapy she goes she's that she gets that done she goes to the the floor the strength performance uh, floor and gets you know, gets her stuff done there. And then ultimately she ends up on the basketball court, volleyball court, soccer field, and she does that. So you're not going from point A to point B to point C. You're kind of just, you get everything all encompassing in in our facility. And, you know, that's, that's part of something that I never had when I grew up. Like, I mean, we already touched on, and I think it gives uh, young athletes an opportunity to really grow and develop. And I think that's you know, that's the bottom line. and That's the goal for, for my next step in my life is, is trying to provide uh, these athletes uh, more than, you know, what I had growing up. So they can be they can be uh, ultra successful in, in first their high school careers and in whatever, wherever it takes them, but ultimately have a good high school experience. And then, you know, they can have success in, in, in the rest of their, their lives.
1: Hey, Travis, um, that, that's great stuff, great information there, and I hope all of our listeners take advantage of that. Last thing I just kind of wanted to add is uh, being from Fond du Lac, we just saw the Badgers win a big football game, and there's another Fond du Lac um, athlete, alum here that's getting a lot of attention, and I believe he's 17. I think I saw that tweet like uh, 500 times out there. But uh, what, what do you think of that, 17 years old, Big Ten running back? um, skipping his senior year in high school and having the success that he's having with the Wisconsin Badgers right now.
2: It's, it's awesome. I mean, uh, it's great. First of all, it's great. he's from Fonelik, but, uh, you know, to, to be doing that at such a young age is kind of, uh, really abnormal. I mean, and he doesn't turn 18 until after the season. So, I mean, this guy is a physical specimen. I think everyone has seen the, the videos of what he does in the weight room, but you know, I think that kind of undersells just how good of a football player he is. Yeah, he's, he's a great athlete. But, you know, I, I don't watch a lot of Wisconsin football. Uh, but I did see, I did watch some, some of the game on Saturday. And, you know, you can just tell by his awareness and his, his, the way he's, his patience. He's just so mature in other aspects that, you know, you just can't teach. And it, it's fun to watch. Uh, he's a monster. Uh, I, I think everyone can see that now. Um, and, and from Florida, I know, I don't know him personally, but everything I've heard, he's, he's very humble and, and you know, shows a lot of grace. So, you know, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, I think he has a bright, bright future, obviously. And hopefully, uh, sometime in the near future, he'll, he'll be playing on Sundays. Well, I tell you, I mean, his weight room
0: stuff is, is remarkable, but I was at the game on Saturday, um, cause it was senior day and I'm just going to put a little plug in here is our first athlete at sports advantage jack dunn uh, played his last game uh at camp randall so jack's been training with me since he was in eighth grade um he's five six and three quarters so the fact that he's playing um again is a testament to his work ethic, his hard work stuff like that but the thing that impressed me with this kid is his footwork was unbelievable yes. like his ability to jump cut and slide and and just like you said i mean all the, all the weight room stuff is great, and when you need a yard, obviously I think we – I don't care if Paul hears this or not. We need to probably give him the ball more on third and one. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, his footwork is is incredible for the level because usually you see guys progress in that. I saw a guy like Melvin, and, you know, when I was at Wisconsin, Monte and, 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 and James White and Anthony Davis, guys like Brian Calhoun, you see him develop that footwork over the course of their careers. Kids got it already, and it's just – just amazing to see. So, um, Travis, we really appreciate you coming on today. Um, I know you're really busy with the facility and, and things like that. You shared some great messages. Um, we're going to put some of your information in the show notes um, as far as how people can get a hold of you um, through that, um, through the facility and things like that. Guys with the Fox Valley Throws, uh, any throwers out there, obviously get in touch with Dean. He's got his session to start in January 9th. Um, all you guys that are finish up, finishing up in the Dane County area fall sports, love to have you at Sports Advantage. Um, all you committed college athletes, we are actually starting a new program uh, for those of you that headed off to college. So, if you want to check all that out. Um, again, Travis, thanks for hopping on, and we will see everybody next time. Top it.